This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, Rite 2, for November 12th, 2023. Good morning. It's so noisy out there. We're going to do announcements anyway. They'll just have to get in here when they can and hear what's going on. Good morning and welcome to Church of the Redeemer. It is such a joy 
uh, it is a privilege and an honor actually to have the opportunity every week to worship with you, to be together with you in this space. It means a lot to me and I'm so grateful. Um, I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Uh, it's especially wonderful to have you with us. And then I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us online through our live stream. Thank you for finding the time to be with us. We're so grateful that you found us and that you're here with us now. Um, we'd love to be with you in this way. If you'd like to get to know the church better, you can go on our website, redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a y.org. You can uh, click on the About tab there, learn more about us, and then you can contact us so we can welcome you into this beloved community and get to know you better. I also want to say a special welcome to all of those of you who are joining us, even though there's a, a football game at 1 p.m. Somehow you have managed to get to church at 9, even though there's a game at 1 this is a special feat, and God recognizes uh, your faithfulness and re will reward you in heaven greatly. <laughs> Who day? All day. Um, I want to I, I encourage you, if it, doesn't, uh, if it doesn't get in the way of your tailgating, I want to encourage you to stick with us after the service. Um, and join us. We have a wonderful thing going on in the parlor or in the uh, Great Hall today. Part of our Get Involved Sundays, we're highlighting all of our mission ministries and ways that you can get involved with mission at this church. I invite you to come to the Great Hall immediately following the service. There's coffee hour and there's a, a, a bunch of wonderful uh, booths set up so you can learn about all that our mission ministry is about. Hopefully you'll join us for that. This Monday, November 13, uh, we begin one of three grief support gatherings that we'll be hosting throughout the holidays at 4 p.m. in the parlor. We encourage anyone who feels a need for a safe space to join us for that, a grief support gathering beginning this Monday, November 13th, 4 p.m. in the parlor. Well, Advent is upon us, believe it or not, pretty shortly here, right after, right after Thanksgiving, and our Advent uh, to Epiphany offerings are now available to be seen. Uh, we have a robust schedule, so please make sure to check your app or on the website, on the Connect tab, and learn about what our offerings are for this upcoming season. As we continue to work on our budget for 2024, I want to thank all of you who have made it possible for us to do that. If you have made your uh, commitment, your financial commitment for 2024, I want to thank you. If you haven't, it's not too late. There's still a chance for you to do that. Uh, we'll never actually say no to you when you want to give to the church. So, uh, But we'd love for you to be able to do that. You can do that on, a, on the app or on a, a pledge card in the Narthex, or you can come up to me and check in with me if you have questions about how that works. Uh, we're about to begin worship. Uh, but today, uh, first, I want to invite all preschool to elementary school age children to join us in the chapel for Donuts and Jesus, which is an age-appropriate interactive worship for children. Uh, the Donuts and Jesus are in the chapel. Mr. Tim's in the back. Actually, I'm going to be joining the kids today because I couldn't resist either Donuts or Jesus, so I'll be in the chapel with the kids. For the first half of the service, I, we will all be back in time to take communion together. So at this time, I invite you all please to stand as you are able, and we'll begin our worship.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God's Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world, that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that, having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A wisdom reading. Wisdom is radiant and unfading, and she's easily discerned by those who love her and is found by those who seek her. 
she hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who rises early to seek her will have no difficulty, for she will be found sitting at the gate. To fix one's thoughts on her is perfect understanding, and the one who is vigilant on her account will soon be free from care, because she goes about seeking those worthy of her, and she graciously appears to them in their paths and meets them in every thought. The word of the Lord. Our response for the reading is from the Wisdom of Solomon. We'll read it together in unison. The beginning of wisdom is the true desire to receive teaching and a longing to be taught. Comes from the love of her heart. That one who loves her will keep her laws. Observing the laws of wisdom assures immorality. And immortality brings one nearer still to God. So the desire for wisdom leads to the authority of one who rules. A reading from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. We didn't know what do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with, for, with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will be no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The word of the Lord.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of our Lord. the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. It has been a long time for me between Sunday morning services, um, Sunday morning sermons, and I've been away now from preaching on Sunday mornings for about 11 months. And while I was on sabbatical, when I returned, people would ask me, what did you do? What did you do with your time? And I found that a hard question to answer because kind of when there's all of a sudden some spaciousness of time, we're not quite as tuned in to how we're using all of it. And I found myself going days with, yeah, what did I do today? But one of my intentions had been to spend more time with my family. And I was able to do that through a couple of trips to see them in Utah, meeting up with them in Florida. We went to the national parks together. And my granddaughter, Elia, who's now 12, visited me in Cincinnati. And when I was reading this lesson, this keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour, my thoughts kept going back to my visits with my family. Invariably in Utah, I would feel the need for a nap. Now maybe it's my age, maybe it's the time zone or the altitude, but my arrival day 
had to have a nap. And other days, there would be a need for a nap. And even when I didn't intend a nap, I'd fall asleep. I'd be reading, and I would just be out. I have a lovely room on the lower level there, and I would be out. But when I would awaken, I would discover that Elia had snuck into my room and used my phone to take photographs of me <laughs> sleeping. And not just photographs, to prove her point about my snoring, she would do videos of my snoring. <laughs> and there was something really disconcerting to me about you know, being in that space and thinking, okay, this is cool, I'm just chilling, and, uh, and knowing, no, I'm being observed. And I'd, I'd feel like I need to stay awake so that this doesn't happen. I'd talk to her about it, but it would happen again. And then the topper was on my last visit to Utah. And I thought Elia had gone on an errand with her mom. And I was, again, down in this lovely room on the lower level. And I was going through gifts that I had brought them, kind of sorting them out and organizing them. And I was also kind of repacking my suitcase because I'd be leaving the next day. And I'm, I'm in just my own little world, just this peaceful little world, and puttering around and oblivious to everything else totally oblivious to the fact that Elia has hidden in the corner. And totally oblivious to the fact that I talk to myself out loud when I'm doing things. Maybe some of you all do that too, but I had no idea to the extent to which I did it. And she had videotaped and recorded me this whole time. I mean, we're not talking five minutes, we're talking about maybe a half hour. And, and when she, she came out, she kept saying, I, didn't, I couldn't believe you didn't see me. And I'm thinking, I didn't know to look, you know, but I was, I was awake, but I was not wakeful and watching. She threatened to put it on the internet, and we had a really serious conversation about that. <laughs> that was not going to be something I would welcome. But I think to myself, every time, Actually, I'm with her, and I love her dearly. But every time I'm with her, I, I think to myself, keep awake, keep awake, <laughs> keep alert here. So we will get back to the gospel, actually. We'll get back to the gospel right now. Because in our gospel reading, Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem. And Jesus has been challenging the religious authorities and foretelling his death and resurrection He's been talking of the destruction of the temple and the world as they know it. And immediately preceding this chapter, the disciples asked Jesus, tell us, tell us when this will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And after additional words of caution, caution about imposters, war, persecution, desolation, and suffering, Jesus alerts them for the need for watchfulness, the need for watchfulness. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. This is what he tells them. And today's reading is the second of his parables that immediately follow on this need for watchfulness, the need to stay awake. So the early listeners of today's reading would have greatly related to the story of the wedding banquet, the arrival of the bridegroom. Wedding banquets were big deals, and we're talking about seven days of celebration. 
Weddings were complicated. They were celebratory and there was hosting and there were a lot of details to attend to. Undoubtedly, they had their stressors. One of the things that I've done in recent years is I do premarital counseling. One of the things we look at is what are the major stressors in each of the, the members of the, the couple's lives. And invariably, wedding is on that list whether it's wedding expense, whether it's wedding planning, whether it's managing family in regard to the wedding, weddings are stressful events, even though they can be celebratory. So weddings frequently are a backdrop for Jesus's stories. But in this one, it is really clear that the bridegroom, the bridegroom who Jesus is speaking of, is Jesus himself. And the people hearing this had already been waiting for a long time to, for Jesus to return. They had been waiting for a long time. So when this, these words are shared with the early Christian communities, it gives them hope, it gives them reassurance that Jesus will come again. Jesus will come again. But they need to be watchful. They need to stay awake. And yet I'm also thinking that they had to be struggling a bit, because how long can someone maintain a sense of urgency, a sense of patience, a sense of wakefulness? In Wednesday, we have the noon Bible study now here in the parlor, and we focus on the gospel readings for the coming Sunday each time. Anybody is welcome to join. It's a lively group. And in the noon Bible study this week, we were reminded of how easily we get distracted, how easily we get distracted. And one of our members, each time someone would raise another question, well, what about, because we're, we're looking for, looking at a passage differently, and each time someone would raise a question, they'd say, distraction, distraction, <laughs> we're missing the point. And they were right, they were right. Because there are so many places we can get distracted. We start with 10 bridesmaids, five foolish, five wise. And we might wonder about the five foolish bridesmaids, why they didn't bring extra oil. Did they think they knew the bridegroom's timing and they were wrong? Or did they think it just wouldn't be necessary? They had all they needed. Maybe they thought others would help them out, which proved to not be the case. Maybe because they were so concerned about the oil, and they left to get more oil, they didn't consider that they might miss the arrival of the bridegroom. Maybe it all comes down to something to do with the planning ahead with the oil, and not knowing the arrival of the bridegroom. But was that shortfall compounded by decision after decision they made when they realized they were likely to run out of oil? Our questions can run wild. And we can, many of us at least, can certainly relate to these foolish bridesmaids. I mean, I certainly can. In the busyness of our lives, not always are we able to think three or four or five steps ahead. Not always are we able to consider all of the additional planning we need to, to have in mind. Particularly in the busyness of our lives, we may be hustling through each day, 
we may be realizing we don't have a meal covered or we don't have time for a project or time for something for work or school. We may need to be figuring out how we're going to take care of a family member or tr provide transportation to a soccer match or how we're going to work in a commitment we've made in this community. We find ourselves scrambling to get back on track. We may reach out to others for help and they may be scrambling too. So life can be messy, so we can relate to foolish bridesmaids. But what about the wise bridesmaids? In our Bible study, they did not come off so well either. They were clearly not willing to share their oil, not willing to function as a community with the others. And giving others advice that sends them away and ultimately keeps them out of the banquet. Doesn't this fly in the face of so many of Jesus' teachings of sharing what we have, of loving our neighbor as ourselves? We pondered that. We may be able to relate to these wise bridesmaids on those times, those occasions when we find ourselves really prepared and on top of things. And possibly not impressed by those who are kind of straggling in at the last minute with work half done like we have done ourselves on many occasions. But when we're still on top of things, maybe sometimes there's also a little bit of haughtiness that enters that. We may be kind of overvaluing our own wisdom and our preparedness. So those are things we can ponder. Those are just also kind of things that we can get distracted by. And there's even that distraction of the dealer. We wondered in Bible study, was the dealer even open at midnight? How did they get his attention? We wondered, did the dealer price gouge them for coming at such an inconvenient hour? Or maybe the dealer took compassion on them and just gave them what they needed. But it also begs the question, how do we respond in need at an inconvenient time? How do we respond when we pull up to a red light and someone is asking for something outside our window? Or we encounter someone in a parking lot? We're on track with where we're headed. How do we respond to the interruption? How do we respond to the urgent needs of the world that confront us daily and seem so far beyond our ability to help? How do we respond? There are so many paths we can take with this very short parable. So many paths, and so many of them also are distractions. We can get caught up in questions. We can create our own conspiracy theories out of just a little paragraph. Many of them may be worthy of our pondering, but they can still be distractions nonetheless, because we know there is a deeper perspective, a deeper call to all of us in this story. In the context of all of Jesus' teachings, I believe the wisdom we are continually called to is the consistent, constant nurturing of our relationship with God and each other, our relationship with love. The oil that must always be available is the loving tending of these relationships. We know it in our earthly experience and our relationships with each other. They require loving presence, compassion, trust, 
commitment, listening and speaking the truth. Not for a few hours here and there, but in the fullness of our lives together. They require our attention. Fires not tended will eventually go out. Lamps without sufficient oil will go out. Our relationships with the people entrusted to us need also such wakeful tending. This is love lived in action. And our love for each other mirrors our love for God. They are not separate things, but paths to each other. One way we express our love of God is through our love for each other. We are loving God's people. One way we deepen our loving relationship with God is being present to our direct relationship with God, listening, praying, worshiping, and loving community, tending our lamps of love for the Holy One, for all of creation, for the sacred ground entrusted to our care. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Keep awake to love. I'd like to close these thoughts with one of my favorite prayers in the Book of Common Prayer. It feels particularly timely and reminds us that we do not keep watch alone. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Amen. Please stand as you are able and join me in professing our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten, not made, with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father.
He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and God's kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshipped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With all our hearts and minds, let us pray to God, responding, God of love, hear our prayer. We pray that your love will find a way to heal our wounded world and guide our nation and leaders to a path of justice and peace. Help us to know Jesus and grow in love. United in relationships of holy connection and communion, we share a heart with those who feel separated or cast out for any reason. Help us reach out in love. We pray for this beloved community in a spirit growing with all people. We pray for our Bishop-elect Reverend Canon Kristen Offelman White. Help us make it safe for all to live with integrity and for all to live in peace. Inspiring us through our church, through scripture, through the word made flesh in Jesus, and through the sacraments, help us to deepen our relationship with you. We pray for people in places that long for relief from suffering. Andrew Banerjee, Eleanor Flotter, Anne McDonald, and Ryan Patel. For those who are struggling with mental health concerns and those we now name silently or aloud. For those around the world affected by disasters. For those around the world affected by war and conflict, especially the people of Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, and Sudan. For the victims of the mass shooting throughout the past week in Galveston, Texas, Cleveland, Ohio, Tacoma, Washington, Prairie View, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, Atlanta, Georgia, Denver, Colorado, Phoenix, Arizona, God, remind us that we are not alone. God of love, hear our prayer. We give thanks for all the moments of grace that sustain us, for those we now name silently or loud. Your love and grace abound. Give us eyes to see your goodness in the world around us. We pray for those who have died, especially Ingrid Norrell Browning, Carol Carter, cousin of Bill Culp, and George Ann Lawrence, wife of Jim. For those we name now, silently or aloud. Comfort those who grieve. God of love, send us into the world, rooted and grounded in love to serve all people with humility, compassion, and faithfulness. 
Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, you have made us one with all your saints in heaven and on earth. Grant that in our earthly pilgrimage, we may always be supported by this fellowship of love and prayer and know ourselves to be surrounded by their witness to your power and mercy. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whom all our intercessions are acceptable through the Spirit, and who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you. Almighty God, have mercy upon you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand as you are able. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. And lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. 
sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Christine. In the name of God, and on behalf of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, because we all share one bread, one cup. Please stand as you are able, and let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit be among you now and remain with you unto the ages of ages. Let us go forth in the name of Christ. 
Thanks be to God.